Well, there is a lot that has the potential of being confusing in this particular episode. We're in 17th century Ireland. We have a Texan talking about an Englishman who's planting some of the earliest Baptist churches in the island. He's going to be in Waterford, he's going to be in Dublin, and I hope you find the whole episode particularly helpful. Um, Micah, first of all, uh, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and the ministry that you're involved with so we understand who this man is that's sharing with us today? Yeah, uh, thank you, Andrew, and, and thank you for uh, the opportunity uh, to be on the show today. And uh, I really appreciate uh, your ministry and, and the ministry of this podcast. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm really blessed to get to be here today. Um, I'm married to Kristen. Uh, she is actually kind of a high school sweetheart of mine, and we grew up together, and um, we just have a, a really sweet uh, love story. And uh, she's a wonderful partner in ministry, actually. Um, at the opening of the year, I actually uh, got COVID and I had a real rough couple of weeks. And, and one of my takeaways from that is, you know, some good time in prayer. But, but really, my greatest takeaway was uh, just so thankful uh, to the Lord for a faithful wife. And, and we have a lot of young men in our church. And, you know, that was one of my big things that I encouraged them. Hey, find a faithful wife. <laughs> there's there's nothing nothing more glorious than that. And I just have a wonderful wife and, and ministry partner. We have two children, uh, my son, Mason, and my daughter, Kinley. Her, her middle name is Grace, so I call her Kinley Grace. Uh, but they, Mason has started in our system. He's uh, in high school now. My daughter's in middle school. And so they're growing up. And uh, these are busy and exciting years for us. Um, I pastor a church in Denton, Texas. And our church is called Redeemer Church. Uh, it's a church that our family planted in our in our living room um, in 2013, and then it grew out of our living room and went to a, a little fellowship hall in a, in a church that was sweet to accommodate us. And then we, uh, what we call, we launched our church in an elementary school in our town. And the Lord's just been uh, very faithful to us, and and uh, we've just seen His His provision over the years. And so, actually, uh, yesterday our church had a big grand opening where we have gotten into our first building, and so. Um, it's just been neat uh, watching the Lord uh, take our church through different stages, which, you know, each of those stages is challenging and it's fun, but it's it, it's a joy now to have, you know, been pastoring this church for a number of years and we really love our church. So uh, that's who I am. I, I do, as we kind of talked about before the show, um, I kind of have a conviction of not being a theologian pastor, but being a pastor theologian in that order. And so I always just kind of have an, an academic um, side to myself that, um, you know, I'm, my commitment with my wife is, is that this is not going to put us in debt. And I promise to be a good husband and dad and pastor. And, and if I can do that and pursue some of these things, then then she blesses it. And so I always have, you know, something on the side that I'm that I'm doing and pursuing. And uh, so I have um, I have a few degrees from uh, Dallas Seminary and Southwestern Seminary and, and Midwestern Seminary. And um, and then I have a, a THM from Toronto Baptist Seminary. Um, and I have my doctorate, a, a DMIN from Southern Seminary. And so um, the work that we're talking about today was a product of working with Dr. Haken um, at Toronto Baptist Seminary, which is a really wonderful school in Canada. Well, uh, that, that ties in really well to maybe the question that I had in my mind today you're going to be talking to us about Tom and Pe Thomas Patient and uh, he 
is an obscure character, I think, to most of the people who will be listening to this podcast. I'm looking forward to people getting to know who he is a little bit better through this conversation. But how did a guy in from Texas get interested in this this character? How did you uh, come across him? And what, what was the uh, drive to do this study and to ultimately write a book on him? Yeah, I, I think for me, even that, that's a it's a great testimony to Christian friendship and, and, and you know, and doing scholarship and community. Um, I was studying with Dr. Haken and, and just kind of asking him what, you know, what are areas that need to be studied? And he was uh, so good to just, I feel like he has thesis ideas just kind of coming out of his ears. And um, he, he, he mentioned a man named Thomas patient uh, that, that he felt like people, you know, he had, Thomas Patient's story uh, was relevant for today, which I agree with, and um, there needed to be work on him. There really had not been a significant work um, on him at all, really. Um, so there were some things about his life that I found really interesting and inspiring. And as I kind of, you know, got deeper into it, it, it became clear this is, uh, I, I, you know, I really felt a, a calling uh, towards him and his story and what he was about and, and was very inspired by him. And so but that was the beginning of it. But I think for me as a, as a church planter, uh, we've either planted or been part of four church plants. Uh, that's been a big part of uh, mine and my wife's ministry. And so uh, I was really drawn to someone who uh, had started churches and, and even the idea of starting churches in a, in a new country that churches that are still there hundreds of years later uh, you know, I mean, when you when you plant a church, you don't you want it to make right. And so, you know, for Redeemer Church, when I'm dead and gone, you know, I want it to be faithful and continuing to to uh, serve and, and reach our community. And so, it was very inspiring to me to see a man do that. And you know, and hundreds of years later, those churches uh, are still thriving and healthy and, and doing well. And so, I, he would be he would be you know he's looking down from heaven. He'd, he'd be thrilled by that. I know. So, uh, those are some of the things I was drawn to his story. Well, well, I I do think it's a wonderful story. The the way you tell it in in the book, you just make so clear. He's one of those strange characters that finds himself in so many different places in the world at at the most interesting of times, and uh, and certainly here uh, in terms of Irish Baptist work, uh, had a a massive uh, impact here in the country, as you say, that um, has stood the test of time. So. Uh, I am assuming uh, th- uh, that the majority of people listening to this podcast today are curious at this point. They've heard a name, Thomas Patient, but we, we still don't know his story. Maybe you could just unfold the, the story of the man for us. Yeah. So, and, and this is kind of relate, and this may be a helpful for your audience, but it is maybe one of the ways I was drawn to him is um, I'm actually really drawn to ordinary Christians. Um you know, of course, I love, you know, that period of time I love. I love John Owen. I love uh, uh, Kiffin and, uh, you know, these luminaries that if you're a, um, a um, you know, a church history nerd and a Reformation history nerd, you know, these guys, you've read them, you've been ministered uh, to by their sermons and books. Uh, but there were so many other uh, figures in those period that were just um, maybe they weren't as gifted or maybe they I, God just had a different calling on their lives. Um, and I kind of identify with that, you know, I'm, um, I, I view myself as kind of an ordinary pastor and I, and I think that's wonderful really. Um, and Thomas patient was that, so there, there's an ordinariness about him. If that's a word, um, which to me is inspiring. And even, you know, Dr. Haken makes a great point uh, about history that 
actually the great, um, uh, great accomplishments in history. You know, we tend to have a great man view of history, you know, that, that Churchill won, you know, World War II or that Eisenhower won World War II. Well, the reality of it is, is the, the people that won World War II were a bunch of no name, you know, 19, 20 year old young men who storm beaches and um, there's no books written about them. And so, but what that is, is it's um, uh, great things happen when ordinary people link arms and go in the same direction. And so patient is part of a movement. He's an ordinary man who was part of a, a, a movement um, and participated in something that has stood the test of time. So anyway, just a, just a comment. So who was he, um, Thomas patient, there's very little because of his ordinariness. Yeah, there's very little known about um, even how old he was and where he was born. And so uh, there's been an article uh, written recently that um, uh, he, he has some guesses on that. And, and uh, but, but I, in my research, I'm, I didn't spend too much time there because it's, it's some of it's speculative in, in my opinion. The, what we do see is he is, he does go to the American colonies and kind of that great migration. And so what that does say about him is he probably had uh, some resources, but wasn't wealthy, uh, but had enough money to get over there. Uh, we do know that he was married at that point. Um, and, and at that point, and even in his, in his book on baptism, um, he, he claims the congregation or the, uh, the congregational way, as I think is how he refers to it, which would mean uh, that he's a Puritan, uh, but he, he holds to more of a congregationalist approach, so not a Baptist approach, when he goes to the American colonies, okay? So when he gets over here, apparently a debate breaks out in the American colonies over the issue of believer's baptism. So these are obviously very pious people. I mean, they, they get on a ship and go for three months, and many of them die and on the journey for the purpose of getting to worship God in the way uh, that they view as the most biblical way. I mean, these are very pious people um, and to be commended. And I, you know, they're inspiring people. So when he gets over here and that debate breaks out, that's an honest, thorough debate that people are having and people land different places. Now, most people remain in that congregational way if they're convinced of it or not. And for obvious reasons, uh, patient and his wife, Sarah changed their mind on that. Now, one of the, which was fun for me as a historian was to find um, uh, an arrest warrant in an early <laughs> Massachusetts Bay colony um, uh, book that uh, he changed his mind and believed that believers baptism was actually the most biblical uh, form of that doctrine. And so an arrest warrant was sent to him and they were going to throw him in jail for it, which uh, there's some, you know, interesting, that's an interesting factoid on a discussion on religious liberty, but um, he flees and then comes back to England. And so he's never actually arrested there. He kind of, you know, runs from the law and gets ahead of it, uh, I guess, and then comes back to England. Now, when he comes back to England, uh, he ultimately gets uh, plugged into uh, William Kiffin's church, which, of course, that goes through a few different names. Um, he's, he's actually older uh, than Kiffin, uh, but Kiffin is such a prominent figure, and he's such a fascinating p figure in Baptist history. Um, a real Renaissance man in many ways. I describe him as an associate pastor to Kiffin. It's maybe better thought of that he's a co-pastor with Kiffin, um, but he is connected to that church. Um, during that time, we're, we're now into uh, uh, English Civil War. Uh, we're now into the Cromwellian period of the English Civil War. And of course, if your Irish listeners uh, know that period of history, which I hope they do, um, it's, it's a really awful, um, you know, there's many 
points in, in the history of the relationship between England and, and Ireland that are, that are awful and, and, and oppressive, of course. And this is one of those periods. And so there's, there's much, I think, to be admired by Cromwell and what he was attempting to do. Uh, but there's also the, his invasion of Ireland, I think, is actually the lowest point um, of the Cromwellian uh, period and what he's trying to accomplish, namely because he, um, even by historical standards, is very brutal. Uh, to the Irish. Um, but during that period, uh, there's, a, there's a rapid rise in the Cromwellian power structure of a man named John Owen, um, who's a Puritan pastor and becomes uh, probably what we would understand as like a chaplain or, or a close spiritual advisor to Cromwell. And so Owen goes to Ireland from England with Cromwell um, in, in this first initial invasion. Uh, Owen then goes back to England and goes to Parliament and makes a plea to Parliament for money to fund um, what we would consider as evangelical pastors to come to Ireland to spread the gospel. That sermon's a, a fascinating sermon, a beautiful sermon. Uh, it's it's very Owen-esque, but he um, and and Thomas Patient essentially heeds that call, and so. Thomas Patient then becomes a, an army chaplain uh, for the English army that has just invaded Ireland. And that's how he gets to Ireland. So uh, I'll stop there if you have questions. I, I feel like I'm moving too fast and covering too much ground. No, no, you're, you're just getting to the good stuff now. Uh, you know, he, he, he comes, he's obviously experienced a massive change in theological understanding especially as regards to baptism and that's going to uh, dominate some of his writing and things like that that come and we'll talk about that in a moment he's uh, come back to England he's being influenced by a significant Baptist church and getting to partner and be part of the uh, eldership there and he hears this uh, charge of an Owen sermon that begins to circulate around the country uh, to go to Ireland and he comes so, so what this is he obviously comes as that army chaplain but th th there's a local impact that he has when he comes to, can you talk to us a little bit um, about uh, how patient marked uh, Ireland moving forward yeah so he and, and you, you mentioned something in some of those comments that I think is important for you know for average Christians to hear is even as an adult, he was willing to really wrestle with what does the Bible say on a significant issue and change and even bear the, the cost of that. Um, so, I mean, I listen, I've never had a warrant issued for my arrest for a theological position. I, had that. I think that's in the category of take up your cross and follow Jesus. And so um, I think even for adults, adult Christians, I mean, it, you know, I think for some people who, who grow up in a Christian home, in a Christian church, you're con maybe you're converted younger, you have your positions and you stay there. There is something courageous, I think, about someone genuinely, okay, what it, wrestling with, okay, what does the Bible say? And being willing to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, do what the Bible says in a courageous way. So anyway, just an aside. Uh, so when he comes to Ireland, um, and this was a, a fun, again, church history nerd, fun piece of the, the project for me was getting to go over to Oxford and, and pull out all these uh, Cromwellian Ireland uh, from, you know, uh, accounting books and how people, and so I've found how much patient was paid uh, to be, uh, to be a chaplain. 
And essentially he splits his, probably a way to think of it is, is he kind of splits his time between ministering to um, the English army and specifically the English army officers and their families, um, and then going out into uh, Ireland and spreading the gospel. And so um, the churches, so, you know, in a very Paul-like way, um, he views, you know, the Christian ministry is you, you go and you share the gospel to whomever will listen to you. And then you're working towards establishing a church amongst those who are converted. And so that's what he does. So when he's here, he initially uh, begins preaching at, um, at uh, Christ Cathedral in, in Dublin. And that is for, I think, uh, I think, I think it's weird, but for modern listeners, essentially what the Puritans did in that period of time is they had, uh, they, they were almost like lecture series where you would have multiple people preaching in these churches, uh, which seems very unhealthy to me, frankly. Um, and, and it plays out that way. Um, and so he's preaching in this church. There, there's other people preaching in this church. Uh, but they don't share the same uh, theology. And so he starts talking about baptism and believers baptism and another man in the church who's preaching, you know, at, at different times and on different dates, he does not hold to that. And so there kind of becomes a split in that church. And so in, in that way, you could say patient is kind of divisive on this issue. Well, and so what he does is he then um, leaves Dublin, goes down to Waterford, eventually establishes a church there. Uh, of converts. And, and one of the things I wanted to make sure I included in the book was an appendix uh, from the, uh, of a letter uh, of, uh, from this group in Waterford that writes uh, to the group in Dublin. And essentially it's a rebuke saying, listen, you can't, you can't be in the same church with, with people who uh, don't hold to the same theology, you know, on this issue. And so they were calling them out to form a new church. And essentially that's what happened. A group of them come out of uh, that congregation and form uh, what becomes a Baptist church in Dublin. And so that's one of his important legacies is that patient uh, um, is kind of the leading figure in, in a, establishing a, a, a reformed Baptist church in, in uh, Waterford and then in, in Dublin. So. Yeah. And uh, one of the um, remarkable things, and you mentioned it earlier is that, both those churches have continued and still are part of the association of Baptist churches in Ireland. The, uh, the church there in Waterford, it's small and it has had a, 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 a just a long but steady witness there in the town and the um, church there in, in Dublin, not now Grosvenor Road Baptist. Not only is it and again, a, a steady through the years church, but it, you know it has just in the last couple or last few years planted two other churches in the city. So it's a it's a church that has remained true to its heritage and is continuing to plant other churches. Um, in Waterford, um, and of course, the, the the previous church in Cork. I mean, the, these are early Baptist churches that you know have, have planted you know all up to those towns, which is yeah to me is very inspiring. Thank you for listening to the Saints and Scholars podcast. Please like or follow, subscribe to keep up to date with the content as it comes out. I want to say a big thank you to Micah for sharing with us today. He'll be joining us again next week to unfold something more of the ecclesiology and the impact left by Thomas Patient. I hope you're able to join us. Thank you.